Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 24 of It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's episode features an interview with one of my favorite people that was actually recorded back in February when life looked a little bit different. But despite the differences, get ready to take in some impeccably timeless advice from Rachel Henry. In this episode, Rachel pulls back the curtain and dives deep into exactly how she does life, work, and balance with a fulfilling career, family life, and a full schedule. But who even is Rachel Henry? Well, let me tell you all about her. Rachel Smith Henry is a wife, mom, and full-time tiger at Louisiana State University. After graduating from LSU in 2006, Rachel jumped at the opportunity to continue to serve her alma mater in a professional capacity and currently serves as the Director of Event Management and Marketing for LSU Auxiliary Services. So that includes things like the LSU Student Union and go-to student services like the LSU Tiger Card, LSU Dining, Barnes & Noble at LSU, and so much more. Driven by her passion for creating welcoming and inclusive spaces on the LSU campus, Rachel successfully advocated for an interfaith prayer and meditation room and top-quality lactation spaces in the LSU Student Union. Additionally, Rachel serves as the president of the LSU Staff Senate, advisor to the LSU Ambassadors, and facilitator of the LSU Positive Lunch Hour, an hour each month that staff gather to spend time in God's Word while encouraging one another personally and professionally. Through each of these roles, Rachel takes advantage of every opportunity to invest in the personal and professional growth and development of LSU staff and students. But wait, there's more. In addition to her job and various leadership roles, Rachel's also a graduate student in the Leadership and Human Resource Development Program. Although Rachel is a proud tiger, her favorite role is as wife to Chris, a budget analyst with the fiscal division of the Louisiana House of Representatives and mom to Lily and Harrison. When she isn't pretending to understand sports at Harrison's many games or attempting to keep up with Lily on her journey to earn all the Girl Scout badges, Rachel recharges her batteries through running, baking, reading, or rewatching Parks and Rec for the 20th time. Uh, Rachel and I are both huge Parks and Recs fans, so be warned that there are quite a few Leslie Nope and Ron Swanson references to come. Rachel admits that she is a recovering hustle culture addict and balances the responsibilities of work and life through intentional planning, realistic goal setting, firm boundaries, prayer, and sense of humor. So in a nutshell, Rachel is inspiring, amazing, caring, driven, motivating, an example, model, mentor, and y'all, she's just the best. I met Rachel for the first time back in the summer of 1999 on a trip to San Francisco and LA with the Louisiana delegation of the Future Business Leaders of America. Eventually, Rachel and I went on to serve together as state officers. She was president and I was a VP for the Louisiana Future Business Leaders. And she was or is my big sis in our sorority. 
She also basically planned my wedding and was one of my bridesmaids. So you could say that we go way back. (laughs) So in today's conversation with Rachel, she shares the importance of saying yes, but to the right things. She talks about how her family wins mornings, even though exactly zero out of four of them are actual morning people. She reveals the one thing she and her husband do every single week to divide and conquer and set their whole family up for success, despite very full schedules and demanding careers. And she opens up about the gut-wrenching moment she realized she needed to walk away from what she thought was her dream life and say goodbye to that 24-7 hustle-till-you-drop culture once and for all. All. Sure, when this episode goes live, we might be staying at home. But the tactical tips that Rachel shares that she puts into practice in her own life are just too good to not share with y'all right now. You never know what kind of takeaway you'll hear that is exactly what you need right now. Timing is such a funny thing, isn't it? Like so many of my guests, Rachel uses Trello to stay organized and on top of things. Trello is a productivity platform used by individuals and teams of all shapes and sizes. I can't live without it, and Rachel can't either. If you want to try out Trello for free, head over to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash Trello to check it out. Rachel mentions a few other go-to tools she uses to make life happen, so you know I've got all the details of this episode, including her favorite productivity apps, linked up in the show notes over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 24. And let me tell you about another great resource you can find in the show notes. If you, like so many others, are struggling with time management during this weird twilight zone we're living in, I've created a totally free mini guide to navigating your time, figuring out your priorities, and taking care of yourself. It's called Do the Most Important Thing, Time Management for Tough Times, and it might be one of my most favorite mini guides I've ever created. In it, you'll find six steps to getting on track and creating some realistic expectations for your day-to-day. No overwhelm or frustration required. I've also included my favorite tool for figuring out what to do next, and it makes prioritizing really easy. Finally, because it's so important that we take care of ourselves, especially during stressful times, you'll find a quick six-minute personal development routine that even the most time-stretched of us can do to fill our cups so we can overflow into others. Grab your totally free copy of Time Management for Tough Times by visiting the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 24. Finally, I want to thank you once again for tuning in. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to click that subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes and surprise bonus episodes go live. If you like what you hear, I would be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find it's about time in the search results. And with that, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road. 
You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hello, Rachel, you poetic noble land mermaid. Welcome to It's About Time. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm pumped. Well, thank you so much for giving me, giving the listeners a little bit of your time today. I already told everyone about you in the intro, but I would love to hear in your own words how you're spending your time these days. Sure. So, I mean, it's cheesy, but in a nutshell, I'm a wife, a mom, and a full-time tiger. I say that because I work at LSU full-time in the realms of events and marketing. Um, I'm also aggressively involved on campus in a variety (laughs) of capacities. Aggressive is purposefully used there. Right. Um, But I'm also a part-time graduate student in the Leadership and Human Resource Development Program, uh, both the master's and the PhD. And so I am am on campus a lot. A lot of my world revolves around being a tiger. Um, But I am a typical millennial in that I can't just work for a paycheck. That doesn't suffice for me. Um, so I strive to find a little further meaning in the work that I do. And for me, that's setting a better example for students and younger professional staff. I have the really cool opportunity to work with both every single day. And so I like to make sure that they're very aware of some of the bad choices I made early on when I was chasing that hustle high. <laughs> Um, so I like to invest in them because that's a very tempting season because um, I know it's very tempting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to show them that there are smarter ways to be successful without jumping on that hot mess express to burnout bill. And so um, I'm a firm believer that your test becomes your testimony. And that's definitely part of my story. And so I'm very transparent with the students I get the opportunity to work with. Um, away from home, though, is where my identity really lies. Um, and that's with my family. So my husband, Chris, has a fairly demanding job with the state. And then we have two wild and crazy kiddos who are eight and five. And I like to say we are insane, but in all the really fun and healthy ways. (laughs) (laughs) So my kids are in that awesome, fun season of trying to discover like what they like. And so we have a lot of extracurricular activities that they're trying to pursue. Some things work out, some things don't, but we just have a bunch of things that we're trying to test out, like Girl Scouts and Kids Orchestra, awesome. Wow. Basketball, not so much. I am confident I am not a basketball mom, and I'm thankful because it doesn't look like Harrison enjoys it all that much, so it might work out. But um, other than that, we're still in that kind of pre, pre-teen phase. And so our kids still really like us and they want to be around us. And so we get to have a lot of family adventures. Uh, So, yeah, we're just having fun. Oh, my goodness. So many (laughs) questions. I have so many questions. First of all, did you did you really say that you're getting your master's and your Ph.D. at the same time? I did. And so that was a very cognizant choice. 
Um, the thankfully for this program, a lot of the courses are the same. And so it's kind of just throwing a dissertation on at the end, which I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> sure. Might as well. That just, why not? Just, let's just add that dissertation PhD. So that's amazing. So you also said that you're aggressively involved on campus. Um, <laughs> so tell me what that looks like. <laughs> So I kind of fell into an organization on campus for staff called Staff Senate. And then I kind of fell into being the president of it. Right. Because you just fall into that, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I am all the good and the bad and the ugly parts of being an Enneagram 3. Mm-hmm. And so I can't just be a member of something. I have to be in charge. I mean, that's very clear with Staff Senate. So being Staff Senate president gets, I have the opportunity to sit on a lot of really cool committees and initiatives. So I do enjoy that, but I'm also a student organization advisor. So I get to work with an organization called the LSU Ambassadors on a daily basis, and they're just really awesome student leaders. So we get to have our hands in a bunch of stuff. Interesting. Okay. I I love that. You know, you have always been someone to me who you can't just do the thing. You have to do the thing and all the other things too. Um, mm-hmm. And that you, you have a lot of fulfillment and you bring so much, you bring so much value to all of those other activities. And I don't know. I just, I just love that about you, Rachel. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, so one thing that Rachel and her family do that I discovered through her social media is that you guys have a favorite things dinner. We do. Like all, just on, yes. on the subject of trying new things and everybody having their thing. Can you tell us about the favorite things dinner? So we do that every Christmas Eve. And so I don't, I don't know if it was the song that inspired it or what, but it is everyone picks their favorite thing and it is cooked. And it doesn't matter if it's a dessert, if it is an entree, no, it, there are no rules. Whatever you want to be served in that favorite things dinner is served. So we've had some interesting things in the past. Um, Harrison, he's my five-year-old son. He doesn't, um, he's a man of very few likes. <laughs> and so it's mac and cheese every year. Every year it's mac and cheese. And um, Lily, she gets a little more adventurous. She might do some pizza. She might do brownies. You never know with her. And then Chris and I, I mean, we've done all sorts of stuff from sushi to a full-blown salmon dish to all sorts of fun stuff. It's, but there, the rules are there are no rules. I, I absolutely love that. And it may be, this sounds creepy, but I always look forward to seeing what kind of crazy menu you guys are going to have every year because it's just, it's so weird, but so fun. It's such a personal, fun, memorable tradition that you're starting with your kids. And I have to imagine that that's something that they'll bring with them into adulthood. And I just, I love that. I think it's going to get wild in a few years because I have, my kids are pretty sassy and they like to put the boundaries. And so I could see them pulling out some pretty wild stops soon. Well, I'm looking forward to that. So Rachel, you are working toward your master's and your PhD, which is incredibly legit. You plan and execute and do lots of event type things at LSU 
You are aggressively involved, as you said, with leading both the LSU Staff Senate and the LSU Ambassadors. You're a mom. You are currently a basketball mom, even though it might be on its way out. Um, and you and you have just a very fulfilling community life. You've got a lot on your plate, and you you definitely seem like you're doing it all well. And I would love to know how how exactly you are able to do all of these things because just just one of them on their own seems like a lot so give us your secrets <laughs> sure so it can be very easy to get distracted and to get overwhelmed and to say yes to as many things as possible and so i had to purposefully learn to be very intentional with what i'll say yes mm-hmm. to so I, I, I view my time as my most valuable resource. It is finite. If I say yes to something in my head, that means I'm saying no to something else. So I want to make sure that what I say yes to is going to be in line with either my goals or our family goals, or they're going to bring glory to something bigger than myself. I just want to make sure that the time that I get to spend on these projects is well spent. And so one of the things that is just, I mean, it's not necessary, it's imperative to us being able to do everything that we do is planning. We, um, there's a line in my favorite TV show, Parks and Rec, um, where Leslie is answering the questions, what do you do for fun? And she answers, jamming on my yes, planner. Yes, yes, yes. I feel that in my soul. <laughs> Yeah. So she's she's filling out the she's doing the dating profile. That's the dating. Where she's doing the dating profile. Yes. And yes, jam it on my planner. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because mm-hmm. okay. like that is like I love setting goals. I love planning how I'm going to achieve them and tracking them on paper. And and all of that is like that is genuinely how I have fun. I know that what makes me sound like I don't care. It is how I have fun, <laughs> um, and it's it's it comes naturally to me to be a planner. And so um, it's not only do I do it by trade, but I also do it by heart. And so one of the things that we initiated um, pretty early on in our marriage, Chris and I, was uh, weekly planning sessions. And it's something I know you've mentioned before. And it's always the very first thing I tell people to start doing when they mention that they're overwhelmed by their schedule. Weekly planning sessions are key to how we do it all. So every Sunday, we now meet as a family of four. So I make my kids participate as well. And we do it all. We like, we throw everything out on the table. So we're, we're talking about, we plan our meals for the week. We plan pickups and drop-offs, activities, assignments, if they have tests coming up or games or any of that, we throw it all there. But one of the most important things that we do talk about is possible stress triggers. Mm. So what do we know that is going to happen this week that will most likely stress us out? And then how can we combat that? How can we plan around it? How can we avoid the stress as easily as possible? Uh, So it's all laid out there. um, But it was really important for us to have our kids participate in at least some capacity Because I wanted them to know now and start developing now that healthy habit of being intentional. Um, It's something that took me a very long time to learn. And I want them to kind of have a 
a little a, a fresher start out the gate than I did um, because it's something I don't want them to get to be in their 30s and they're like, oh man, what did I do? How could I have done this better? And so trying to develop those habits early. Um, but once the kids have contributed all they can or they're you know distracted now, their attention spans are, are a little shorter <laughs> than ours. So they run off. Chris and I will stick around and we'll talk about like, what are our, how to, what we're going to do this week? How does it fit with our goals and our family goals? Um, and so we talk about it all. And then I'm very fortunate to have a partner in life that's willing to not only indulge me in these planning yeah. sessions, but also um, he's incredibly supportive. And we, we talk about all the tasks that we need to get done. And then we talk about how can we divide mm-hmm. and conquer I literally couldn't do what I do without him. He is, uh, he's incredible. He's wonderful with the kids and he will, I don't have the same schedule every day. And he jumps in at the whip whip of a hat to help. I mean, he's, he's incredible. And then he has his busy seasons too. And then I have to turn that table and do that for him. And so it's where this, these weekly planning sessions help us become and stay better partners. That the fact that, you're using your weekly planning sessions. And side note, episode four of It's About Time, I dive into weekly planning sessions, how you can create one, what mine looks like. So check out episode four if you're interested in almost a mini training of how to design your own. But Rachel, I love how first you're incorporating your kids because you know your kids are obviously a good bit older than Camilla is, but you've just planted a great seed in me to make sure that she's a part of that once she gets old enough to participate when she has her little school activities, because you're right, you're instilling in them the value of looking ahead and making sure that how you're spending your time on the day to day is adding up to how you want to spend your years and what your long term looks like. And You're teaching them to be self-sufficient in how they plan and how they solve all those problems. I find that so many people my age and younger, they end up graduating from high school, graduating from college, and then we're, we're just kind of a mess because so much has been taken care of for us by our parents for so long. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Well, and we have so the to change that 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 narrative because they are the next generation. And if we want yeah. hustle culture to to be healthier, if we want people to stop using busy as a badge of honor, we gotta start with them. We gotta start when they're young because they watch everything. They are picking yeah. up things that we don't even know we're throwing down. And so it's important mm-hmm. that we're kind of exposing them to the to as many positive habits as we can. Absolutely. And then second of all, the fact that you use that as the time to root out what your tough spots are going to be in the head in the week ahead and divide and conquer with Chris, that's huge because so many women especially that I talk with feel that everything regarding the household, everything when it comes to their kids is on their shoulders mm-hmm. and that if they're not doing all of it, if they're not shouldering that load, then they're not doing enough as a mom Absolutely. or as a wife. Mm-hmm. And so that is an amazing example that you've shared with like me and the listeners that, you know, it's, it should not be all on you. It shouldn't be. And, you know, 
kudos to to Chris and to you for figuring out what works best for you because it's going to look different for everyone. It does. I talked to so many other friends and they're like, well, we do it this way and we do it that way. And I'm like, that is awesome. And I support you. This is just what works for us. Yes. Yes. Like that. That's what I tell my clients. Like there's no one size fits all. I can't give you a prescription and tell you that it's going to work. We've got to to do the trial and error and figure out what's going to work best based on your personality and your preferences and, you know, your life setup. So that is fantastic. I I think that you actually may have been the person that inspired me to begin the weekly planning sessions years ago. So I have you to thank for a lot of what I'm doing now. <laughs> So, Rachel, you've told us about the weekly planning sessions. What so else? So, we are also really, we know what we're good at and we know what we're bad at. And we know when we're at our best of the day. And so, one of the things that we're not mm. good at is mornings. Oh. We do not have any morning people in the Henry house, which is really unfortunate. So, we have to kind of fake it. And so, we do that with routines. We're very cognizant with our routines. And so, Sundays aren't just for weekly planning sessions. That's also, it's the day that we're going to do our weekly shopping trip for the week. We're going to do all of the laundry and we're going to lay out all of our outfits for the entire week. So each of my kids has daily buckets in their closet. And every Sunday, you know, we put the Monday clothes in the Monday bucket, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That way mornings, I mean, there's very little you got to think about. You just got to get up and you got to put your the clothes in your bucket on. Um, and so that's helped us save a lot of time. And um, probably we've avoided some fights in the mornings because of those those simple buckets. But um, the other thing is, so, that, that's a genius. so because we aren't morning people, we're also very purposeful in how we end each day. So before we get in bed and before we say goodnight, I want to make sure that everything is laid out and ready to pick up in the morning. So that's everything from the coffee is preset. My coffee cup is laid out already. My water bottle for the day is laid out. Lunches are already made and they're in the refrigerator. We know we're not we're not thinking on our best feet in the morning. So we want to make sure that we have the least amount of thinking to do. And so we make sure we prepare for that at night. So that nightly routine is setting us up to succeed in the morning. That is that's genius. It's the forethought you need to put into action while you're at your best, when you have that high energy in the evening, so that when you're a zombie the next morning, you grab and go. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so weekly planning session, routines, anything else you want to share? So the the bigger thing to remember for me is that just because I set a routine today doesn't mean it's going to keep working six months from now. So okay. I, because I work on a college campus, I have some really natural check-in times each year. So after each semester mm -hmm. or before every semester, so every four months or so, I have a very natural break in my schedule that allows me an opportunity to reflect on, okay, what's working and what's not. And so I always encourage people to, no matter what your schedule looks like, find a time that works for you to just check in, see how it's going. Um, is this routine working? What's not working? When should, for me, I can never figure out when the best time to work out is. And that changes every semester based on when my classes are. 
And so it's finding the time to figure out like, just because it worked last time doesn't mean it's going to continue working today. And so finding that check-in time that works for you to make sure, am I still on the right path? Am I still focused? Is this still working? And if it's not, it's okay to cut it. It's okay to make changes. Just because you wrote it down in January, on January 1st, there's nothing magical about that date. You can always make those changes. Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Absolutely. Rachel, I know that it gets it gets easy to get this mindset where, no, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick with it. Come hell or high water, like this is, this is what I'm going to stick with. And you end up causing yourself more stress as things change because you're afraid that by diverting from your original plan that you're somehow failing. And so I wholeheartedly agree with you. It is really cool because, you know, you've got January 1st, You've got the end of the spring semester. You've got the start of the fall semester. And I guess then that's the end of the year, which is also January 1st. (laughs) But you did, yeah, you've got those natural milestones. Mm -hmm. So if I were giving advice to someone who's a business owner and doesn't necessarily have those built-in check-ins, is that setting a reminder for each quarter? Mm -hmm. So the beginning of January, the beginning of April, the beginning of July, and then the beginning of October to have that check-in with yourself to see if your routines are still working and to see if there's anything that needs to be changed or tweaked. And if you work in an industry like weddings, Mm -hmm. for for instance, that can be a bit cyclical 
you know, checking in with yourself at the beginning and the end of your busy season to see, you know, what did you learn? What worked? What what didn't work? And then what can you do differently next time around to manage your time and just do things better? Absolutely. Okay. So Rachel, we've, we've done a really great job of digging into the routines and rhythms in your household. So let's start getting into like the physical tools, the the things that you use besides those awesome buckets that I'm super excited about. But but what are the things that you and your family use to make life work? So we do, I mean, Chris and I have our own digital calendars and we sh- they're shared between the two of us. So I can know what's going on in his office and then he can know what's going on in mine. Um, and then we have a shared uh, Trello to-do list that we'll use for that as well, just to make sure that we're, we're on the same page and we have our routines kind of dictated there. So if we do need to make tweaks, it's a very visual thing for us to see. Um, oh, wait, time out. So you have your routines captured step-by-step in Trello. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, we do. And I got that from a very smart podcaster. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that makes my heart sing. Um, Yeah, so that's awesome. I'm really happy to hear that because you're right. Having those captured so you can refer to them when you need to and edit, that's fantastic. And you know how much I love Trello. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. Tell, tell me about the tools. <laughs> so, um, I personally also use Emily Lay's simplified planner because I do like paper. I like to physically feel it. I like to write things down a lot. Yeah. It's not my calendar though. It is where I use right. to plan things. So I'll journal some things down because they do kind of, I like to keep my journals too every year and I can look mm-hmm. back and kind of, it's almost like a little diary. Um, so I have little notes in there about that, but it's also, it's how I'm tracking my goals. It's how I'm making sure that I'm focused and I'm on the right page. Um, and it, the, the, I don't know if it's the, just the practice of writing that makes me feel more accomplished about it, but I just really like the, the physical planner. Mm -hmm. And then we have, um, in our kind of like in our little breakfast nook area, a very visible place in our home is our family command center. And so we have, um, everyone has their kind of little buckets that they can put their projects in, whether it's their school assignments or random little things that they need that week. Um, And then we have a giant dry erase board that has the monthly calendar on it. And it is a little bit of a hassle to have to constantly kind of keep it updated. It's one more thing you do have to keep updated, but... With the kid, with my kids being the age that they are, it is a great way for them to be involved in the the planning of the things, and they can see what we have coming up, and they can get excited about things that are at the end of the month, and it just helps them track it a little bit better. And then we have a chalkboard that we write like our meals on for the week, and any notes and reminders, and it's all it's in a place that we are all going to see it, not just once, but multiple times each day. I love that. I think that's so. I think that's so critical just to have a hub for things in your house. So. That's awesome. Um, thank you for sharing that. And is there anything you want to add about tools before we hop to a different subject? So not this isn't necessarily related to family, but it's something that I do at work that has been a big game changer for me. And so I will um, I'll do time blocking for the day. So in my morning mm-hmm. kind of routine, when I get to work, I'll look at my calendar and make sure that I have uh, time blocks done for the different segments of my day. And I, they're color coded on my calendar. And then what I started doing was also color coding my inbox to match. So when I have a time block, let's say for marketing projects, I know I'm going to look into my inbox for all of my yellow 
because that's the color I use for marketing, all of the yellow uh, emails. And so they're all connected. So I don't have to go searching for certain things. I can easily tackle and make that time block the most efficient for myself as possible. And so I think um, for me, I'm very visual. So colors help me stay uh, focused. And so that's something that I've, I've recently started doing, but it's been it's been a game changer so far. Really? Okay. I am loving that. I have never heard of, I've never heard of anyone doing that before. It makes perfect sense how you would visually link those. That is fantastic. Thank you. I love colors. <laughs> colors are great. Yeah. So speaking of work, I would love to shift gears and talk a little bit about work in general, because this has looked different for you throughout your career. Would you just give us sort of a rundown of what what work and business and work has looked like for you over the years? Yeah, so I graduated from LSU in 06 and I knew that I was going to work in um, at LSU almost immediately after I graduated. I, I loved it, and it was going to be very hard for them to get rid of me. And um, that has kind of stayed the course. So I've technically been on campus um, professionally for about 13 years, but I've been in a lot of different capacities on campus. And um, until recently, that has only ever been one aspect of my professional life. And so for a very long time, I also had a a wedding and event planning business on the side because I just, I was very much chasing that hustle lifestyle. I wanted to make sure I was doing as much as possible. I loved being able to brag about how busy I was because I had this awesome side gig and I was just running the roads ragged, trying to keep my business afloat while also being a productive full-time employee on campus. So it was a bit of a wild time, but, um, but it's something that I did for a lot longer than I probably should have. Um, and so one of the things that was kind of like my aha moment in that, in that season was, um, I was in a different role on campus. So I was a doer of events. I was planning a crazy amount of events on nights and weekends and um, I had one Saturday where I had a crazy event in the morning at LSU. And then my daughter, who was, I think, five at the time, had a soccer game across town in the middle of the day. And then I had a really big wedding that evening, um, like not anywhere cl- close to where the soccer game was going to be. So I had a lot of travel time in between. And I remember sitting down the night before and just being so like overly confident that it was going to be fine. If I was going to make it work, it's, it's fine. And so went to the event that morning at on campus and, you know, in my head, rocked it. And then um, made it to Lily's soccer game. I was a little late, but I was there, so it was fine. And while I was at the soccer game, I was on the sidelines and I was answering some emails from some LSU colleagues. I was simultaneously um, answering some text messages from the bride that we had that evening And being the good millennial mom that I am, I was also taking all of the appropriate Instagram images of her game to post them so everyone knew how amazing I was. Mm. And I I mean, like it was yesterday, I distinctly remember thinking, look at me. I am doing it all. I am amazing. There's probably no one 
doing this better than I am doing it right now. I should probably write a book. Like, yes, genuinely thinking all of those things. <laughs> and the time of Lily's game came and like a, the innocent child that she is, uh, she came over and she said, mom, can you put your phone down and watch me play? And that might seem like a really like nonchalant, no big deal statement. But in that moment, with the amount of guilt that I was kind of harboring underneath unknowingly anyway, and hearing her, hearing her say that was, I think, God's way of my, his gut punch to me. Mm-hmm. I needed to hear from someone that I genuinely loved and that was so innocent in her ways to say like, hey, you're here, but you're not, you're present, but you're not here. You're not participating. And Mm -hmm. so it was after that, that I sat down and I really took a hard look at how I was operating my life. And I realized that I wasn't doing it all. What I was doing instead, I was half-assing everything to squeeze it all in. Nothing was getting the best of me. Nothing was getting my best work and my best efforts. I, and unfortunately, my family and like my marriage was, was taking the brunt of it. Like if something had to give, it was them. And so I was like, this has got to stop. And now I look back at it even more and think about that time. And I know without a doubt, I was on the verge of a pretty big breakdown. Like if I had kept down that road, it was unhealthy, but I was gearing up for some pretty some pretty rough times that I don't know if I would have been able to come back from. And so it, it was hard, but my business partner and I sat down and we were like, look, the juice isn't worth the squeeze with this wedding business. And so we were, we had a great opportunity to sell to people who were going to take what we had created, um, cultivate it further and make it something amazing, which they did. And we're very proud of them for that. (laughs) But, um, and that's, that's something that it was, I loved weddings. I loved it, but I love my family more and they needed more of me. And so it was, it was a hard decision, but it's one that I have not, a, I have not for one second regretted, but that, that statement that I hold and still I'll ask myself when things come up today, is the juice worth the squeeze? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, let's rock on. But if it's not, the answer is no. And no is a full sentence. I don't have to justify that any further. And that's a really awkward, horrible thing to start doing at first because no one likes to be told no without an explanation. But I mean, power through because it's worth it in the end. I mean, the answer is no. You got to set up some boundaries. Okay. I feel like I've got to regain my composure real quick because. (laughs) Sorry. No, 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 no. You're great. (laughs) So, Rachel, I really appreciate you sharing so much of that story, especially what happened that day on the soccer field with Lily. So Rachel's actually shared that story with me before and whoa, what is happening right now? Rachel, I'm about to cry. No. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. Hold on. Hold on. Everything's fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. I have a child. Oh, that sadly, that does change everything internally. Yeah. No, it does literally. Um, but just, yeah. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that with everyone because 
yes, that was a gut punch from God that you had to live through in order to, in order to make the change and not just the change, like in order to make major sweeping changes in your life and in your business and giving up something that you loved because it, in the end, it just wasn't worth what you were setting aside, what you weren't giving all of your time to. So, and that can be incredibly hard for an Enneagram three, because yes. you and I, you and I both share that Enneagram threeness, which is the achiever on um, in the Enneagram, and a lot of our worth and a lot of you know what we believe to be true about ourselves and just the value that we think we provide comes purely from what we can produce and what what we do, and so I can ima- I can't even imagine how how difficult, but at the same time, worth it it was for you to walk away from the wedding business. Oh, absolutely. And I love what you said about being a three, because it's all so true. And I am, I mean, I am the good, the bad, and the ugly of all the things three. And so I I don't know if you do this, but I have this like almost constant internal battle happening where I have to say like, Rachel, you don't have to compete with everyone. You don't have to win. This is not something you can win at. So for example, if I, if someone starts telling me how busy they are, I'm like, Oh, that's cute. Let me, let me, let me beat you with that. Right. And then I'm like, why, why am I trying to win right. that? Like, why do I have to have the most unhealthy habits? Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's just bonkers. <laughs> and so, um, but I will find that if I am, if I get into a season where I'm kind of allowing myself to get a little overwhelmed, I will revert to those very negative aspects of being a three. And so I ha- I think that's why planning is also so important for me mm-hmm. because I don't have a plan that's written down that I'm like staying on track with. I will get to the saying yes to everything, mm-hmm. trying to be the best at everything, trying to get the most accolades ever. And I think, um, I think that's why like being very intentional with planning is so important for us. Yeah, it, it keeps us in check. It keeps us in control. On the subject of being the best, something that I had to come to terms with early in the days and weeks after Camilla was born is that there's no such thing as being the best mom yeah. and that it was just consistently doing, doing the mom things and taking care of a child. And there was no, there's no end. There's no, there's no award for being the best mom. And so that was a really weird thing to wrap my head around. And there might be people listening right now who have who like cannot relate to that at all. But I felt the same way about yoga because you can't be Mm -hmm. yoga. You just do it. Yep. It's so, it's so funny because I know I can so empathize. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so one one thing that you may have picked up on so far as you're listening to this conversation between Rachel and me is that we are both really big fans of parks and recreation. <laughs> and I know that there is a quote by the wise Ron Swanson, who I'm assuming is an Enneagram five. I would assume. Yeah. 
So he says, because so, Leslie's again, to set the yes. scene, she is um, running for office, but doesn't want to give anything up in her full-time job. And she genuinely is thinking she can do both. And honestly, both are full-time jobs. And so she's really pushing herself to the limit and she makes a plethora of bad choices. And Ron sits her down and says, Leslie, you can't half ass two things. You have to whole ass one thing. (laughs) And I am a little embarrassed to admit how many times I think about that each day. (laughs) I mean, I I don't even be embarrassed about that. If, if you've never seen Parks and Rec, I highly recommend you dropping everything that you're doing and starting with season three, because that's, that's all you really need. Mm -hmm. Go back to seasons one and two later, but um, seasons three through the end are just absolute amazing TV perfection. Leslie Nope. Yeah. And they're always yeah. relevant. I don't even know what to say. This could turn into a Parks and Rec <laughs> fan show for the, for the rest of our time together. But <laughs> for sure. I actually, I was Googling Leslie Nope before we started recording. And um, one of the things that popped up was people also search for how to be Leslie Nope. I can definitely see that. So I don't, I don't blame them at all. So Rachel, (laughs) as, as we're wrapping up our time together, because I want to be respectful of your time. um, I'd love to know, did you choose a word of the year for 2020? And if you did, would you be willing to share it with us? I did. So I, that is something I've done for the past few years And it can be equally fun, but it's also so important because, um, again, like I sound like a broken record, but it keeps me on track. And so I always pick a word in a scripture for each year. And so I pray about it. And without fail, God always Mm -hmm. shows up as he always does. Um, And so this year, the word that I have, I was not initially very excited about, but it was very evident that this was the word it was supposed to be. So my word this year is discipline, and my uh, scripture is Hebrews 12, 1, um, which ends with, you know, let us run the race that God has set before us with endurance. And so, again, it fit perfectly with some of the goals that I have this year. So um, the two big ones are preparing for a full marathon. Wow. And then I'm excited. Um, And then reading the one-year Bible. So both of those things, um, so running or exercising or daily readings, they're things that for me and my personality require a lot of discipline because they're small daily tasks that I could easily skip or push off to tomorrow and no one would know. Mm -hmm. And I'd still be a winner at the end of the day because no one knew I didn't do it. So for me, it needed, I needed some severe self-discipline to kind of, uh, to make sure I stay on track. And so um, that's, there's two goals that I'll have to have discipline with uh, to accomplish, to not only obtain some personal fulfillment, but I think there are so many awesome ways that like in achieving those goals, I can kind of bring glory to God in the process. Mm -hmm. And so it's a win-win. And so a few months in to 2020, so far so good. Discipline is making it. It's not always fun. But um, it's something I have to constantly kind of say when I, when I don't want to get up in the morning and do what I need to do. It's like, okay, Rachel, discipline. Yeah. And in the motivator I need. That is that is wonderful. I I love the pla- the practice of choosing a word of the year. And it can seem so frivolous and not a big deal. But 
it really can be the just that extra oomph or that thing that pushes you to do things that you don't want to do and to keep you on track. Like, does this align with my word of the year? And, you know, you said that your two big things are reading the one year Bible and planning for this half marathon, which are huge, but I can't imagine the discipline you need to to have that endurance to complete your master's and your PhD, which are both, they're, they're both long-term goals. I mean, five years doesn't seem like a long time in the great big scheme of things, but when you're slogging through it and you're hard and you need to study, even though you're tired, I'm sure that looking back on the word discipline and that verse is mm-hmm. helping you push through. Absolutely. So Rachel, I I can't even say enough how grateful I am for you spending time with me on the show today, for sharing your story, for all of the things that I've learned from you along the way. Um, this is like this is such a blessing to the listeners. So thank you, thank you so much for just being you and for giving us your time today. Oh no, and I want to add one quick little thing. Okay, before we leave. Um, I don't know if the listeners will pick this up or not, but we have known each other quite some time. (laughs) (laughs) We are not just some randos that got together on Instagram. Like we have known each other since high school. And I just have to say, I am so incredibly proud of you. This platform, it might seem new and scary and crazy, but you are just rocking and rolling. And I think the amount of women I've already seen you help through this platform is just incredible. And I know God has some like, just crazy things in store for you. And I just can't, I'm just so thankful that I get to like have a seat to watch it all go down. Like you're amazing and I'm proud of you. Oh, Rachel, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. So Rachel and I have known each other since mid high school when we both were involved in the Louisiana Future Business Leaders of America. And then we went on to be great friends in college and on and on and on. So it it really is just a joy to know you. So thank you so much for that. a lot. <laughs> and there you have it. I hope you enjoyed listening in on my conversation with Rachel as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. I hope Rachel inspires you to give a weekly planning session a try. You can learn more about how to design your own weekly planning session back in episode four of It's About Time called How to Win Your Week in 30 Minutes or Less. I also hope Rachel inspires you to ask yourself, is the juice worth the squeeze whenever you're presented with new opportunities? And also that Rachel empowers you to say no, full stop, end of sentence to those requests that just don't light your fire. You can find links to the productivity tools that Rachel mentioned, as well as a picture of her kids' closet clothing buckets, which is a genius idea for making the most of mornings, by visiting the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 24. And don't forget that you can grab a copy of the totally free mini guide to time management in tough times that's also over in the show notes. So before you go, this is the part where I typically tell you about next week's episode. But here's the thing. I want to make sure that my solo episodes are as helpful as possible based on our current reality. So I don't know what next week's episode is going to be about yet. And I'd really love to know what would be most helpful for you. 
Last week in episode 23, I answered the seven most common questions about life, work, and balance that have come my way since coronavirus measures were put into place for many of us. At this point, how can I serve you best? I invite you to shoot me an email, Anna at AnnaDCornick.com, and tell me. Or leave a comment in the It's About Time podcast community over on Facebook. You can find it by visiting abouttimepodcast.com forward slash community. And finally, if you've gotten the news that you'll be working from home for the long haul and you're struggling to get good routines in place, manage distractions, and be productive, I'd love to talk with you. Head straight to AnnaDCornick.com forward slash work with me, complete the quick coaching application and get on my calendar for one full hour, no strings attached, to craft your vision and get a taste of what coaching with me is like. Again, that's AnnaDCornick.com forward slash work with me. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to talking with you soon. Stay well. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.